He felt so tired. He stared down and thought again about how to do it. Sleeping pills was the easiest method. Just pass out. But that seemed like such a wimpy way to go. Girls liked it. And if you took too many, you puked them all up. He couldn't throw himself off a tall building or the arch. No way would he spend the last few moments wondering how it was going to feel to land splat on the ground. Slit his wrist in a bathtub? Jesus Christ, how disgusting. A bullet in the head would be quick and dramatic, and the spattered blood and brains would sure upset Mother, but could he bring himself to pull the trigger? Not an easy decision. As he went out the electronic eye door, Justin turned on his boombox, playing the latest tape by his favorite group, The Ancient Demons. Stupid grown-ups said heavy metal made kids kill themselves. Adults just didn't want to accept their own responsibility for fucking up the world. Music kept him alive. Only the energy of sound made him feel good. If he killed himself tonight, he would miss the original Sim concert at the Riverdome in January. In the parking lot, Justin saw his next-door neighbor walking away from his white Bel Air. How do you do, Mr. Erickson, he said. Are you hurt? The man's face squeezed with pain. That music! Can't you turn it down a little? Justin knew his music irritated all grown-ups, but it seemed to hurt Mr. Erickson physically, as though the man actually felt Satan stabbing his soul with a pitchfork. Sorry, Justin lowered the volume. I, I meant you're limping. Mr. Erickson still looked like a pimple trying not to burst. My foot fell asleep. What do you think is going on in our subdivision? What? He sounded too surprised and almost scared. About the dogs and cats, you know. They all died mysteriously. I found Jumper just lying in the backyard, not looking hurt or anything. And there's been at least eight or nine more. Not a clue about why they died. I didn't know. Have you heard anything unusual? Any suspicious strangers hanging around? Justin missed his collie, but Jumper was old and the neighborhood mystery excited him. Look, Justin, some other time, all right? Sure, I understand. See you around. Justin stared at Mr. Erickson's back as the man dragged his left foot behind. A chill shivered up Justin's spine. He suddenly realized Mr. Erickson had lied. He knew about the death of the pets. And how could someone's foot fall asleep while they're driving? Justin cranked the Walkman volume back up as it played his favorite song. St. Peter's light gasoline, all save, weep, and moan. God is fiddling on his throne, heaven's burning. Patrick Mallory turned over on his left side, pressing his spine against the wood slat of the back of the park bench. He scratched his ribs, then pulled his tattered overcoat around him. His stomach gurgled as it digested the remains of cheese sandwich he found in the garbage can. Turkey dinner at the new life center tomorrow, he reminded himself. Maybe he could borrow a few dollars from one of the volunteer servers. He needed wine. His bones and muscles cried out for wine. The voices in his head whispered for wine. Without wine, the bugs crawled under his skin and he could not sleep. What was Thanksgiving without a few drops to drink? A car parallel parked nearby. When the weird limping footsteps padded his way and then stopped in front of his bench, Patrick opened his eyes, ready to fight. This stranger was for sure no cop, and them do-good shelter people would have said something. Patrick might be down on his luck, but he had his fists and he was sober. When he was a young man, he could break heads with the best of the rounders. The shadow pulled the plug out of a bottle. The smell jolted Patrick to eager alertness. Every cell in his body screamed, begged and pleaded for the wine. His eyes narrowed with suspicion. What did the other man want in return? Sure, for the jug of wine he'd suck any good guy's tool, or let one up his hind tail chute, but not many faggots cruised downtown parks for guys like him. Did this clean gent have the AIDS? Brought some rock gut to burn your belly with, the stranger said with a voice reeking of soft living. He held out the bottle. Patrick grabbed and drank. He barely noticed when the stranger sat next to him. Let the pansy have what he came for. The night suddenly grew much colder. Winter's sure coming, Patrick thought. Gotta find a good warm place against the snow. 
The north wind blew ice into his mouth, down into his heart. Ted's entire left side felt numb now, and dead from the knee down. Ted considered this as he drove home. The numbness started when he discovered his ability. It spread slowly at first, but was now increasing at a faster rate. It was the price of his power. Ted understood. Enforcing God's will on other people must be the only method to prevent the cold from icing his own body. That made sense. He must release the power from inside himself, or it would continue to freeze him. He would save his own life and returning the feeling to his left leg and foot only by draining out even more of the ice energy. But he had killed too many animals in the neighborhood already. People had noticed. The Bates kid? Why didn't he wear earphones with his MP3 player? That noise this evening gave Ted a three-hour headache. Punk hairstyle and fancy loud clothes. Justin was a smartass. His mother ought to get tough and control him. Ted sometimes regretted not marrying, but he never missed having children. Parents these days had too many problems and worries.